course, Emerson knew the truth. Caitlin Thomas's death was no accident. It all started with a party Tenley Reed, Caitlin's childhood best friend, threw to celebrate her move back to Echo Bay, Massachusetts. She got everyone to play truth or dare that night, and the very next day, the notes began. Caitlin, Tenley, and Sidney Morgan, Winslow Academy's resident artsy loner, all started receiving them. They were anonymous, and they dared the girls to do terrible things. Each dare grew more disturbing and dangerous than the last. And if Caitlin, Tenley, and Sidney didn't do exactly as the notes commanded, the darer promised to reveal each of their darkest secrets. All along, the darer had been Trisha Sutton, a girl they'd gone to school with forever, a girl who'd been Caitlin and Emerson's friend. Trisha lured Caitlin, Sidney, and Tenley onto the Justice, Tenley's stepfather's yacht, so she could take them to the Phantom Rock and kill them, turn them into lost girls. After setting a fire in the cabin that forced everyone onto the deck, Trisha attacked Tenley. Caitlin threw herself at Trisha just in time, pushing her overboard. She saved Tenley's life, but in doing so, she lost her balance and tumbled into the ocean. The darer was dead, but so was Caitlin. Days later, at Caitlin's memorial service, Tenley received another note while she was with Emerson, warning her that the game wasn't over. It made no sense. Trisha was buried six feet underground. Still, Tenley, Sidney, and Emerson had been on edge ever since, waiting for a new message. But a month had passed now, and nothing. Tenley was convinced the whole thing had been a fluke. A note Trisha had set up before she died, and Emerson was starting to believe her. Still, she had to admit she'd never been so happy to be left out of something in her life. Emerson? The voice sliced through the air like a knife. Emerson shrieked, jumping to her feet. She whirled around to find Tenley walking toward her, her long chestnut waves lifting on the breeze. She had on a dark cashmere sweater over jeans and her flat boots, which made her appear even tinier than usual. As always, Emerson towered over her. Tenley, Emerson said, relieved. I didn't hear you drive up. She and Tenley had planned to meet early so they could show up for Abby's sham of a party together. A month ago, Emerson would have chosen a math test over spending time alone with bitchy Tenley Reed. She might not have become a friend, exactly, in the Trisha aftermath, but she'd definitely become less of an enemy. I didn't, Tenley replied. I decided to walk here on the beach. Emerson's breathing returned to normal. I'm so not looking forward to tonight, she said, slipping into the beach-proof rain boots she'd brought with her. She'd considered skipping the party altogether. She had zero desire to celebrate the birth of a murderer, but she and Tenley had agreed. They had to keep up appearances when it came to Trisha. They knew the truth about her, but to everyone else, she was just an innocent lost girl. Sometimes Emerson wished that Tenley and Sidney had just gone to the police after the tragedy on the justice, but she understood why they hadn't. 
Trisha had taunted them with notes about their deepest secrets. If they exposed her, they exposed her notes. And all of their secrets. And not just theirs, but Caitlin's, too. That she'd been abusing anti-anxiety medicine. The last thing any of them wanted was to smear Caitlin's dirt around town post-mortem. So they'd agreed. No cops. Besides, what was the point anyway? Trisha was dead. It was over. Now if only this night were over too. I tried to talk Sydney into coming tonight, Tenley said. But apparently she's never been to a Winslow party before, and she's not about to start now. I think it's possible that girl has an allergy to human interaction. Emerson managed a weak laugh. Sydney Morgan wasn't exactly her favorite topic of conversation. A pair of headlights swung into the parking